near give my soul for a friend. To drown out the lonely quiet of his journey, Hank started to sing. It was a cowboy song Mama had learned somewhere. Come all ye melancholy folks, wherever you may be, I sing ye about the cowboy whose life is light and free. For a long time he had wanted to be a cowboy. That's what he would do out west. After he had crossed Lightning Creek on the flatboat ferry hours later, the country was new to Hank. His legs begged for rest. He dropped under a poplar tree. With care, he carved his name and the date in the bark with his pearl-handled jackknife. Hank Hedden, March 10, 1891. He started to add, gone west, thought better of it, and put the knife back in his pocket. The sun rode high as he moved on. His stomach ached from emptiness. A black bass would taste good, but he had no hook or string. He turned his pockets wrong side out. One match from the precious block Mama kept in a tin box and his jackknife. His sigh was loud in the woods. Why didn't I bring vittles, he thought. I'm as bare of necessaries as that new baby girl at home, and I want to go west. Climbing a hill thick with young hickory and elm trees, Hank thought of the family. They'd be sitting down to dinner about now, Pa and the girls. Mama and the new baby would be sleeping. Thinking how good Joanna's hot cornbread always smelled made him feel dizzy, and his steps slowed. Right now he ought to go home and take his licking. Hank hesitated. He looked longingly toward the west, but he knew he couldn't do it. Hank turned sadly but resolutely toward home again. He started to sing with less heart now for the words, Saddle up, saddle up, the boss will holler out when we're camped by the Pico stream. He broke off, seeing the cave. How close he had come to missing it. The mouth of the cave was barely visible through the tangle of brush. When he went by the first time, he hadn't seen it as though a net had been thrown over him, drawing him in. Hank moved toward the cave. He hesitated just outside, twisted a dead stub of a limb from a shrub by the cave opening, and in a moment was able to light the frayed end of it with his match. Hank stooped to enter, and an owl flew out of the entrance just inches above his head. His heart thudded in his ears. He was instantly aware of the gloom inside the cave. The torch in his hand began to glow. Hank waited, gathering courage, then crept forward with the stealth of a panther. The rock floor was slippery. All about him was silence, except for the trickle of water over rock. After a time, the limestone walls drew away, and Hank found himself in a large underground room. Ho, oh, he said, then jumped at the startling clearness of his voice. He halted beside a black pool in the middle of the cavern floor, and kneeling, examined the skeleton of a small animal at the pool's edge. Hank moved on, the mystery of the unknown tugging at him. Time stopped as he wandered from the main cave into another passageway leading off to his left, and then into another branching away from that.
Oh, if you had a lick of sense, you'd go back this minute, he cautioned himself in a whisper. It wasn't easy to see now, he noticed. Unable to heed his better judgment, Hank moved on through the inky interior of the cave. Suddenly his toe struck rock and pain shot through his foot. Teeth clenched, the injured foot tight in his right hand, Hank hopped wildly. On the third turn his good foot slipped, the torch sailed away, and he landed hard on his back. The torch flickered out, plunging him into darkness. Hank sat up, biting his lip. Now, which way is which, he wondered. Had he come from over that way, or from over there? If only it wasn't so dark. Maybe if he just turned around. Hank eased himself onto hands.